0: have got myself into a bit of a situation here in the park. I came across a woman who was giving away calendars uh, that contained artwork from local prisoners, and the donations were going to the art department of the prison itself. So it seemed like a very worthy cause, so I decided to get five calendars that I could give to, like, maybe the hotel staff as a kind of Christmas Day thank you. However, uh, it seems that around five calendars everyone thinks that i'm giving them away so um everybody's been asking me for them so i've now got one left i'll take that home as a bit of a memento and put that up in wherever i end up living um but it seems that yeah um the Basians, as per the rest of the world probably everybody loves a good freebie have you ever dreamed of living on a paradise island That's exactly what Yvonne Campbell will be doing for a whole year. Otherworld Travel presents Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. Welcome to my very first episode of Life in a Paradise Island. So over the course of this year, On a weekly basis, I'll be sharing podcast episodes, giving you a bit of an insight into my journey living here on this beautiful, stunning island of Barbados. And to start off with, I thought I would tell you a bit about why I'm here so everyone keeps asking, why Barbados and why the move and why now? So I've always been really interested in being location independent, so being able to live in different parts of the world. But to be honest, I never really thought it was for me because I don't speak a second language very strongly. My Spanish isn't great. And I always wondered what type of a job I could get in another country whenever I didn't have the local language. So what happened over the course of lockdown was previously, I went on lots of holidays. I used to travel a lot for work also, but I found myself being stuck at home and getting itchy feet. So in late November, I started to think about, well, you know, I've been working from home, surely this means I could work from anywhere in the world. So I started thinking about where I could go. I started doing some research and I cross-referenced the UK travel corridor list to see exactly where we could go. And I also remembered a Bucket List podcast that I had done back in, it must have been around August, September time. And Barbados was actually the second episode on that podcast series. Now playing Bucket List podcast Barbados episode. I've been to many parts of the world, but today's episode we are talking about a place that I haven't actually been to yet. However, it is on my bucket list, and that is Barbados. So, this episode is as much for me as it is for listeners. I want to learn all about what Barbados has to offer. And Mark McCollin from Visit Barbados told me all about the welcome stamp. So the Welcome Stamp is an initiative run by Barbados in order to attract people to work remotely from the island. So really clever, actually, you know, at a time through the pandemic when the tourism numbers were really low, and for a country that depends quite heavily on tourism, they were offering people to come and work remotely on a visa, but it was kind of like an extended tourist visa, which meant you didn't have to pay taxes and so on whenever you were here. After I was convinced Barbados was for me, I then had to think about some of the practicalities. So there was a really good website, visitbarbados.org. It had all the information that anyone who is moving there would need to think of. So I read up on everything that was needed to make sure I was eligible. And the eligibility criteria required work in a different country, so making sure you had a stable income. And the other thing was around medical insurance. And you needed to be able to come for a year, I suppose. Well, it's unlimited. You don't have to come for a whole year, but you can kind of come in and out for a year if you wanted to. So I went ahead and booked my flight the following morning. And then I applied for my visa, which was really straightforward. So it was probably the other way around. Most people would have applied for their visa first, but I was so excited by the opportunity. I booked my flight. It was a flexible ticket. So, you know, if anything did go wrong. I wasn't completely tied to the spend on the flight. Luckily, within a few days, I got a response from my visa and I was told that I was accepted. And from there on in, I started planning. I was seeing my family that week, so luckily we managed to see each other in a window of all the restrictions. My family live in Derry and I'm in Belfast and they came to Belfast for some dinner. So I broke the news to them and they were incredibly supportive and really excited for me. So with that, I got even more excited. So I started selling some other friends and likewise, I think everybody's seen it as a really good opportunity. So I've been really thankful for the support and encouragement from everyone because it's a really big deal giving up your life and moving to another country, especially another country you've never been to before. So that was me all set. I was due to leave around the 6th of January. I had about five weeks in front of me. And my plan was to start packing up my apartment, start working out what I was going to do with all my stuff, would I put it in storage, get rid of it, what was I going to take with me, and just work out any other practicalities that I needed to put in place in order to make the move. That was all going pretty well. I was kind of mapping things out. I'm a great planner. However, a couple of weeks after that... Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining the latest uh coronavirus press conference. Yesterday afternoon, I was briefed on the latest data that shows the virus spreading uh, more rapidly in London. Things started changing in the UK once again, and further restrictions were announced. So it was 4.30. I was watching the live press conference by the Prime Minister, and he started talking about essentially cancelling Christmas. Uh, It is with a very heavy heart. I must tell you, we cannot continue with Christmas as planned. So with this, I thought flying on the 6th of January was going to be a bit of a challenge. So nothing had been talked about in terms of ban on international travel or anything along those lines. But I started reading between the lines and started thinking, I should probably get out of here sooner rather than later. Within half an hour of hearing the news, I had rebooked my COVID test because you do need a negative PCR COVID test to enter Barbados. I had rebooked my flight to the Tuesday. Now, this was the Saturday, so it didn't give me very long. I made it work. I spent the next couple of days packing up. So I had my COVID test on the Sunday. Results were back on Monday and I tested negative, thankfully. And I packed up my life really and made the move from Belfast to Barbados on the Tuesday. So it was definitely a hectic few days, there's no doubt about that. And I boarded the flight from Belfast to London, first of all, on Tuesday morning. And I'm not afraid to say, I think it was tears for the whole flight. (laughs) Now, altitude does get me quite teary and quite emotional. But I think what happened was the few days previous just went by in such a flash that I didn't actually have time to process exactly what was happening. I uh, made a split decision to bring the journey forward and I was kind of flat out between actual work because I still had work to do as well as packing up my life. So by the time I got to London, took a bit of a deep breath. I was lucky enough that I was kind of flying business class. So I went to the business lounge, sat down, relaxed, had a drink. But then I also realized it was another opportunity to upgrade to first class. So I took that opportunity and, whoa, it was the icing on the cake for the trip, really. And I think once I boarded that second flight in first class, I was so overwhelmed with being in first class and enjoying that, that I suppose I forgot about the rest of the move. (laughs) Uh, And I think I spent my entire time on the flight probably connecting with people over email or social media or WhatsApp to tell them that it actually left Belfast because I think it was only my family knew at that stage that I decided to leave early. So I had an amazing flight, really well looked after by the British Airways staff. Very comfortable journey. If anyone ever has the opportunity to upgrade to first class, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity for most of us, give it a go. And a little tip for you try doing it at the airport because it was a hell of a lot cheaper than it would have been booking it in advance. So why not give it a go sometime? Please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened until the fastened seatbelt signs have been switched off. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Please do subscribe to Life in Barbados to follow my journey and never miss an episode. So moving on now to, I suppose, my arrival. A lot of people ask, you know, what's it like when you arrive there, given the current protocols and restrictions that are in place? So I thought it might be helpful for anyone thinking about doing this journey, what to expect when you arrive. To be honest, it was all very straightforward and it didn't feel that much different actually from when you'd normally arrive in a country. I went through passport control. There were staff members that were doing temperature checks so, and this is a common thing here, whenever you go in and out of all sorts of public buildings, restaurants, etc. you get your temperature taken. We had to fill out a form on arrival which went alongside a form that you completed before arrival to say where you were staying, provide details of your negative Covid test etc. The forms were completed and handed over to the health officials who gave you a form to take with you that outlined what you needed to do for your next seven days being new into the country. So collected bags and then went outside, had a transfer waiting and was straight off to the hotel. Now, in terms of the hotel, the first thing I want to do is a big, massive shout out and thank you to Barbara Court, a fellow colleague and travel counsellor. When I was at the airport in Heathrow, I still hadn't booked my accommodation. <laughs> Things have been that hectic the last few days that I was so focused on the move and getting packed up that actually I hadn't got round to finding where I was going to be staying as soon as I arrived in Barbados. Barbara very helpfully stepped in and found somewhere for me to stay for the first couple of weeks in Barbados. So thank you, Barbara. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not too sure they would have actually let me into the country without having somewhere secure to stay. So I stayed in Seabreeze, and Seabreeze is a lovely family hotel that is in the south of the island. So I'd booked into the Seabreeze Hotel, and whenever you book into a hotel here for your first few days on arrival, it needs to be approved by the Ministry of Health as a quarantine hotel. So what that means is that the hotel, or say the villa that you're staying in, has been approved for any visitor to quarantine whilst they await a second PCR test and result. So the sea breeze turned out to be one of the better options. They had got lots of praise from the government in terms of how they were handling quarantine. A lot of places had various different restrictions in place where you might not have been allowed to leave your room or you might have had to be back in your room by a certain time of the evening. But Seabreeze were quite clever in terms of how they constructed quarantine to make sure that both the staff and the visitors were safe. Welcome to the Seabreeze Beach House by Ocean Hotels, a chic, boutique, family-owned luxury all-inclusive resort on the stunning island of Barbados. We're so happy to be able to welcome back visitors from all over the world and have created our very own Stay Safe Policies for the protection of our staff and our guests alike. So there was a specific part of the hotel where all quarantine guests would stay in and you were not allowed to mix with people in the other part of the hotel who'd already had their negative tests back. There was a restaurant that could be used, so the restaurant served breakfast, lunch and dinner. And you could also access a snack menu during the day as well. You had drinks from a bar, so you could kind of order drinks to come and go. There were loungers around by the pool in some decked area. There was a pool for communal use. However, you needed a time slot to go into it, so you couldn't be in the pool with other families or other kind of individuals who were staying within the quarantine facility. The hotel was able to arrange the second COVID test for the following morning, and there was a view of the beach, but you weren't allowed onto the beach. Now, what I would say is the restrictions and the requirements around quarantine change on a regular basis here. So that setup is not happening at the moment and everyone who comes to the island has to stay in the room before they get the results of their second COVID test. Now, that may or may not change again, who knows, but I think it's really important for you to understand and do your research before you come to see what you might be letting yourself in for. I noticed over the last few days that for those who are now quarantining in the room, the hotel are putting on some activities or entertainment that people can do on the balconies. So yesterday during the day, one of the staff members held a bit of an outdoor exercise class that everybody was able to do in the balconies. And then last night I saw a movie being played around the pool area. So that's the dress. Again, people were able to come out on their balconies and watch that. So I thought that was a really good way to keep people entertained when they're locked up in their rooms all day. You can check out all the useful information by clicking the show notes button at life-in-barbados.com forward slash podcast. So I arrived, realized that all these facilities was at my disposal, which was amazing because I wasn't expecting that. I was actually expecting to stay in my room for the whole time. So I enjoyed a few days in quarantine, enjoying the sunshine, reading my book, video calling people back home to show them the views of the beach, I'm sure much to their dismay. But I must say I was pleasantly surprised at the quarantine experience. Now, whenever I arrived, I went out onto my balcony and I was greeted by this... So immediately I was in the Christmas mood and I was fascinated by the sound of what I think are whistling frogs. The music got me into a really Christmassy mood, was very excited, and the sound of those whistling frogs, I just find it really soothing and relaxing. From there, the hotel booked my second COVID test for a few days later because of the window of time that I arrived within, and that was booked for Christmas Eve morning, first thing in the morning. The nurse had told us that there was a bit of a backlog in the lab, so not to expect our test results for about 72 hours. But to be honest, I didn't mind that I was going to have to spend Christmas Day in quarantine because look at where I was. And whenever you see some of the photographs on my Instagram page, I think you'll understand that's a very small sacrifice to be made for spending an entire year in this beautiful island. So it is Christmas morning. It is 5.45. That's one of the things I'm finding in Barbados is you're to bed early and up early in the mornings. And I have just woken up to a notification that I have an email from the nurse who done my COVID test. So I am just opening up my laptop and see what the email says. Let's see. Okay, so from the nurse, good evening Yvonne. Oh, this came through last night. God, it came through at 10 o'clock last night actually. Um, you have Tested negative for COVID-19, woohoo! You know what this means, I get released today and I can go and enjoy Christmas. Oh my god, this is the best news ever. I cannot tell you I was like a kid on Christmas morning. I jumped out of bed and it was probably the best adult Christmas present I've ever got. Surprise, was not expecting that. <laughs> yes. you said that like, you definitely won't get the results tomorrow. That's what she said yeah. So the negative test meant that I was free of quarantine and I could yeah, go over to the other side of the hotel and start enjoying some of the Christmas festivities out of quarantine. So it's now 6am, 15 minutes since I noticed that I got my test results in. Really super excited. One of the things that came up last night in social media was a lot of people talking about Queen's Park in Bridgetown on Christmas morning. So there's a big Christmas tradition. People generally go to church at around 5.30, then head on to the park where there's lots of live music, festive, Christmassy, everybody's dressed up to the nines and I was a bit gutted that I wasn't going to be able to make it especially since I'd be stuck in quarantine whilst everybody else was out having fun but I am just off the phone to reception and they think that they can get me a transfer to take me to Queen's Park it's about a 20 minute drive away. Our next selection will be it's the most wonderful time of the year. performances from both the Royal Barbados Police Force Band and another gospel group called Promise. Now, it did not disappoint. Have a listen to this. How could that not set you up for an amazing Christmas Day? I must say it was an experience One of the things you probably won't understand from the audio clips that you just heard was the fashion on the day. So everybody was dressed in their best suits, including a group of around 10 gentlemen who were very dapper indeed. Have a look at the photographs in the show notes and you will understand what I mean. From there, it was back to the hotel, moved into my new room, which had an even better view than I had before. So I was very grateful for that. And then the rest of the day I spent catching up with family and friends via Zoom and getting to know some of the other people staying at the hotel. What I found quite striking was there was a real sense of camaraderie. I think because everybody had been through the quarantine period and had to wait on their second negative COVID test, everybody had a bit of a story to tell and everybody was obviously in the Christmas mood as well. So the day was spent drinking, drinking laughing and eating amazing food. I think it was about 30 in the morning by the time I got to bed after meeting quite a number of new acquaintances, which was fantastic. So my next few days were spent enjoying the beach, the sunshine, getting into the ocean, which is the most stunning colour of blue that I've ever come across, and just relaxing and taking it easy. I think after the hectic move, it felt like I really needed a holiday, so... I know I'm here to work remotely for a year, but I thought actually it's a perfect time over the Christmas period to relax and take it easy. The Christmas period, I suppose, culminated in a really big, spectacular New Year's Eve. All socially distanced, of course. Personally, I thought it was big and spectacular because I don't generally do very much on New Year's Eve. Although these celebrations here probably weren't as big and spectacular as they had planned. So on New Year's Eve, in the mid-afternoon, we got news that a curfew was going to be imposed from one minute past midnight, which meant that the New Year's Eve celebrations really had to be done and dusted around 10 o'clock to enable staff and other people to get home. However, the hotel had put together a remarkable setup in order to celebrate bringing in the New Year. On the beach, they erected a huge stage area there was live music there was DJs there were lots of fireworks that they set off on the beach there was dancing lots of celebrations and the food was fantastic there was a substantial barbecue that included everything from suckling roasted pig to lobster absolutely gorgeous so that is my first week in a bit in Barbados I think a couple of things to remember if you are thinking on coming here to the island. So with COVID, things are changing all the time. So make sure you do your research. It, it is changing daily. I'm not exaggerating. Think about, are you actually allowed to travel from your home country? There are a number of restrictions in places at the moment where you aren't allowed to travel internationally. If you're not allowed to travel internationally, that is for a reason. So make sure you stay at home. However, If you are able to travel, it's worth understanding the exact quarantine and restrictions that you'll be faced with when you arrive here in Barbados. You can check out all the useful information by clicking the show notes button at life-in-barbados.com forward slash podcast. It's really important to be respectful and abide by the protocols. You are in a privileged position to be able to come to this island and I'd certainly feel that. And therefore, we have a real responsibility to help keep ourselves safe and keep the fantastic people who are welcoming us to this country safe as well. So wearing masks, sanitizing regularly and socially distancing is all still really important here. And I suppose the other takeaway from this episode, the other thing I would say is just do it. I do feel I should be getting some sponsorship from Nike at this point. (laughs) I think it's my motto, really, my life motto. But, you know, taking a bit of a leap of faith can result in some amazing experiences. So, so far, so good here. And, you know, if you don't get outside of your comfort zone, sometimes you miss opportunities that might have quite significant impact on your life. So this is episode one of 52 that you're gonna hear right throughout this incredible year that I'm spending on the island. If you want a bit of travel inspiration to brighten up those gloomy January days, especially those of you who are in lockdown at the moment, check out my Instagram or Facebook pages, Life in Barbados. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Next week, I'll be chatting to the Bayesian warrior, Nicholas Dean, who has just visited every beach, bay and cove on this gorgeous island. We will be getting his recommendations on the best beaches to explore and what makes some of these a surfer's paradise. Tune in next week for more. Make sure you subscribe to Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. Go to life-in-barbados.com forward slash subscribe.